now. There you go. Yeah, get it right there. Stockman, Stockman. Yeah, that's me. Option, man. Option, man. Yeah, that's me. And you know what that means? It's past the torch time, my guys. We, you know, we got a little bit of knowledge and game for y'all, you know. So we're going to just jump straight into it, you know. Say, say, say nothing but the least. You say know? less. On a torch. Let's go ahead. We're going to go like this. Boom. Share it already. Let's do it. You might consider to help reduce risk. That's a little too loud, boy. A bear market is a period of time when the broader stock market declines by a significant amount. Okay. And while the name might seem scary, a there. decline in the broader stock market is a normal part of the investing process. In this video, we'll further define a bear market and examine typical characteristics. We'll also discuss strategies you might consider to help reduce risk during a bear market. There are generally two types of bear markets, minor corrections and full-fledged bear markets. A correction is when the broader stock market, such as the S&P 500 index, declines 10% from its highs. Corrections are common and are typically seen several times per year. Corrections occur for different reasons, such as a negative economic report or poor earnings guidance issued by a high-profile company. A full-fledged bear market is a more significant decline. This type of bear market occurs when the S&P 500 declines 20% or more from its recent highs. However, bear markets generally occur infrequently. For instance, from 2000 to 2013, the S&P 500 experienced two bear markets. A bear market is usually associated with investor pessimism toward the future of the economy, corporate profits, and stock prices in general. Sometimes a bear market might be a precursor to a recession. A recession is defined by two consecutive quarters of negative gross domestic product, which is a broad measure of the economy. A recession is typically characterized by decreasing consumer spending and increasing unemployment, in addition to a declining stock market. Some of the worst bear markets in history ultimately led to a recession. For example, there's the famous crash of 1929. During this bear market, the broader stock market declined almost 90% over the course of the Great Depression. Man. The more recent bear market includes the dot-com bubble in 2000. This time, the broader stock market declined about 47%, leading to a recession. Another recent example... And y'all crying about yesterday. <laughs> so you got to remember, two quarters. Two quarters. Not two days, not one day, not four days, but two quarters. That's a couple months. A little bit longer than that. You know how many quarters is in a year, right? Yep. So out the year, if you do two months bad, that's a recession. So have we had it. So have we had any? You think we had any recessions this year? Or? Yes, but no, because right now we just got out the third quarter. Now we're going into the fourth quarter. If the fourth quarter is predicted to do bad, how they say so? Then we'll be in a recession. But right mm -hmm. now, it's just COVID, state emergency. I don't even know if it's even a state of emergency anymore. <laughs> but everything Maybe that was over the protest. <laughs> yeah, but everything is still shut down besides LA. Huh. They want everything and still outside. I want to see what them COVID tests look like. But we're getting off subject, so let's just get straight back to it. ...of 2008. During this bear market, 
the broader stock market declined more than 50%, leading to a severe recession. But these three examples of bear markets are extreme. In fact, since 1929, the average bear market resulted in a 38% decline in the broader stock market. Now that you know some characteristics, let's discuss how investors might confirm a bear market. After the broader stock market declines 20% from recent highs, investors can use a drop below yearly or multi-year lows as confirmation. Another way to help confirm a bear market is to apply the 200-day moving average to a broad market index, such as the S&P 500. Some investors view a drop below the 200-day moving average as confirmation. After confirming a bear market, investors might apply certain strategies to reduce the risk of stocks declining further. For example, investors might sell a portion of a stock portfolio if the broader market breaks down to yearly or multi-year lows, or if the S&P 500 drops below its 200-day moving average. But whether an investor chooses to sell stocks or not depends on the investor's time horizon, among other factors. Keep in mind that since 1929, the broader stock market has needed an average of five years to recover from a bear market. So if an investor's time horizon is less than five years, it might be reasonable to consider reducing risk by selling stocks. Conversely, if an investor's time horizon is greater than five years, it might be reasonable to consider doing nothing but simply hold existing stock positions. Some investors might even view a bear market as an opportunity to pick up new long-term stock investments at favorable prices. Remember, a bear market See, is a normal part of the yesterday. process. Huh? See, that's what I was telling you about yesterday, man. All right. We want to buy into the market when it's low, you know, sell when it's high. In fact, it typically occurs about once every five to 10 years. And as long as investors maintain stock portfolios that align with their time horizons, a bear market is manageable. It may even lead to potential opportunities. Yes, sir. That's that one. PD. Jump to the next one. Now this is the other side of the market. That was a bear. We got a bull. So yeah. if you know what that one is, we can only just take a, a nice guess and think what this one will be. What's a bull market? How can you spot one? And what can you do when you find one? In this video, we'll answer these questions and show you how you can try to grab the bull by the horns. The origins of the terms bull and bear are a little mysterious. One popular theory is that investors like to imagine buying and selling assets as a battle between bulls and bears. When in battle, bulls thrust their horns upward. This movement's similar to the path of a bullish market. That's why investors refer to a market that's moving up as a bull market. Bears, on the other hand, swipe their paws downward which resembles the direction of a market on the decline. As a result, investors refer to a downward moving market as a bear market. Now that you have an idea of where these terms might come from, let's discuss how to help spot a new bull market. A new bull market can be defined as one that is up 20% from its past year low. When a market rises 20% from its low, the Repeat that from the last year, 20%. Yeah. generally changes from bear to bull. This isn't a guarantee, but the rise of 20% often signals a transition from a bear to a bull market. After a rise of 20% from the low, 
a market will remain bullish as long as it continues moving higher. This trend might last anywhere from a few months to several years. Although a bull market could dramatically downturn at any time, on average, bull markets have lasted about two years, according to the 2014 Trader's Almanac. This is about two times longer than the average bear market. Additionally, the average rise in a bull market is more than the average drop during a bear market. The start of a new bull market, defined as a rise of 20% from a low, may be associated with increasing investor confidence, anticipation of further gains, and expectations of an improving economy. After this initial rise, bull markets may be more stable and steady when compared with bear markets. Quite frankly, some investors may think bull markets can be a little boring, but boring can be good. Bull markets are typically quiet from day to day and week to week. They steadily move higher over time. So, not surprisingly, some investors feel it's important to be patient and stay with the upward trend. One of the biggest errors impatient investors make is selling too soon after the start of a new bull market. To help maximize potential profits during a bull market, prudent investors might consider managing risk, owning a diversified portfolio, and patiently holding on to investments. Let's recap up to this point. Bull markets usually start with a rise of 20% from the low. But this is very early on in the life of a bull market and could be just the beginning of a long-term trend. As it continues, a bull market will display other characteristics. These include a steady pattern of higher highs and higher lows. Along with this pattern, investors can also use a few techniques to help confirm the continuation of a bull market. One technique involves using 50 and 200-day moving averages. Both of these moving averages are long-term in nature and are typically used by investors to identify long-term market trends. For example, some investors like to confirm bull markets when the 50-day moving average crosses above the 200-day moving average. Another way investors might confirm a bull market is by watching for a breakout beyond multi-year highs. A breakout beyond a high that is two years old or older is a sign some investors use to determine if the bull market could be continuing upward. Now that we've discussed ways to confirm a bull market, let's consider strategies that investors could use during a bull market. One of the simplest strategies is buying stocks or ETFs and holding on to these investments. In the investing world, buying stocks is also referred to as going long stock. A more aggressive strategy is buying long call positions. This is an options strategy and is riskier than buying stocks. Therefore, like options in general, it might not be suitable for all investors. Another strategy is buying long-call verticals. This is another option strategy, and while it isn't for everyone, it's less risky than long calls. Long stocks or ETFs, long calls and long-call verticals are three strategies that investors may use in a bull market. Although market conditions could change at any time, it's key in a bull market to stick with the trend and use strategies that make the most of the bull market. Being patient and holding on to investments helps investors try to grab the bull by the horns. Ole! <laughs> no, Trying to grab that bull, man. Basically. Grab the bulls by the horn. We gotta run with them, so those are the two different little setups that people got to choose gotta, from. Gotta grab that bear by his tail. Alright. Why is pulling you down? Yeah, hold on. So, two ways to find out which market you want to be in. A bear market 
gonna be good for a person. I want to put a lot of puts in, things like that. As me, bull market wouldn't be that good as a stock person unless we're gonna wait till it goes down, buy it real low, and then wait for it hit the, you know, go back up. Pretty much. This I just think of a bear. It's like, let's say you got your you got a rope tied to your foot, and you got it tied to a bear. And that bear is just going down here. So you got to be able to take all the bumps and bruises. And then the bull is going to be spiking up. So you're going to try to grab them bulls by the horns, keep it from spiking you. But you're trying, you're trying to keep trying to your hands on them horns. You're trying to ride. So you got to ride the way. Each way is different because you know that bull's going to buck you, right? All right. Okay. Right now. Bears come, you know, you got to ride that bear all the way down the hill, you know? So, and the crazy just, part about it, with the, with the bull market, if you jump in too late, you don't know when it's going to come back down. So you could have uh, got on it and then you get thrown right off. And then, like, for example, the bear, it was like yesterday. Bearish. Yesterday was hella bearish. Everybody was crying. Oh, it bearish. Oh, bearish. Let it rain for the bears. You know, bears need rain too. But you got to see how they bounce back from it, though. Yeah. I mean, let's see that. We got to watch that bounce back. That's why why we hold on to see the bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into this next one. You want to watch this next one here? Yes, sir. All right, let's, let's get it shaking. Let's get it shaking. I hope you got your note tab open. Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. Yeah. See if people get their notes up, man. I lost count. I mean, no tech got. He said I lost count. A bull flag is a common price pattern that forms when a security temporarily pulls back during an upward trend. In this video, we'll discuss how to identify a bull flag pattern how it's used to determine potential buy signals and price targets, and the risks and goals of using this price pattern in your trading. Let's start with how to identify a bull flag pattern. This pattern forms in a time of consolidation, which makes this a continuation pattern. This means that when the price breaks out of the pattern, it's likely to continue in the same Stop direction as heading before. So the price they're referring to is the market price. Correct. All right. There's a lot. You know, we get confused with all these graphs. This is the actual market price of the stock we're focusing on. I don't know what stock they're talking about, but this specific one is the market price. So just making that known. All right. So can we pop. The pattern begins when a stock's price rises from a low point to a high point. Or in other words, from the bottom of a support area to the top of a resistance area. The initial movement represents the flagpole in the pattern and is followed by a pullback that creates diagonal support and resistance levels. These diagonal levels create the pattern's flag. Typically, the pullback should not retrace more than 50% of the upward movement. Bull flag patterns can come in many sizes, but it will typically pull back at least three periods. So if you're looking at a daily chart, the minimum pullback would be three days. And if you're looking at an hourly chart, the minimum pullback would be three hours. 
The pattern is complete when the price closes above the original diagonal resistance level and finds a new level of support. This breakout point is typically seen as a buy signal. Once the stock has broken through resistance, it's important to confirm the move. To do this, look for higher than average volume as the stock breaks through resistance. Higher Ooh. than average volume is important. Higher than normal average. Now, have you seen that before? Breakout? Have you seen that, that big rectangle? In green, have you seen that before? Yeah. Where it's just yeah. What what did you do when you see that? Oh, uh, now I know to buy. Hey, hey, okay. All right. I know now too as well, man. Like I've seen that multiple times. I'm just like, all right, it all makes sense now. That's what you. But but. But that's only part of it. That's not every inch of it. You feel me? Because sometimes it can be a high volume and still not break through the point, though. All right. well, let's see. Let's see. It means the stock's price may be more likely to continue upward. After identifying the bull flag pattern, you can determine sell signals by setting a price target. A typical price target for a bull flag pattern is equal to the height of the initial upward movement. In other words, the price target is usually approximately the height of the flagpole. Some investors use the resistance breakout as the starting point to measure the price target, while more conservative investors may set the price target from the support level. As with any price pattern, bull flags aren't guaranteed to break out as expected. There is a risk the stock's price could fall through support instead of reaching its price target. For this reason, investors can set a stop loss to try to prevent further losses in case the price doesn't continue upward. Despite the risks, bull flag patterns may help you identify potential buy and sell signals. Well, another little inch of the game. Yeah, man, they dive in deep into these bulls and bears. Like before you say, don't help me help the bear. Hey man, if you're gonna help anybody, huh? Just help the bear out, huh? You tell, tell him to stop. Hey, we got the yep. matadors out here, man. Ole. All right. Matadors. Some investors struggle to recognize price patterns like flags and triangles. And it can be even more difficult to understand when these patterns complete and how to project possible exit points or price targets based on them. In this video, we'll focus on the ascending triangle price pattern and teach you how to identify it and use it to help project a price target. Let's start by identifying the pattern. This is what an ascending triangle looks like. Notice how the stock price comes up and meets its resistance level and then bounces down to produce these lows. Each resistance level is at an equal height, but the lows are getting higher and higher. These higher lows suggest that momentum is building at higher levels, which may be enough mm. to push price through resistance. The pattern is complete once it finally breaks resistance. Now that you know how an ascending triangle forms, let's discuss using this pattern to help determine a possible price target. To do this, first look at the size of the pattern, measure the height of the triangle at its widest point, and project the height in the future from its breakout point. Let's look at an example. Here's an ascending hey, triangle hey, hey, pattern hey, that starts to form when the stock tried to break resistance. Angela. The stock fell back yeah. and started to make higher levels to break through resistance. Here, it finally broke that. through. The pattern is measured at $4. From here, you can project the pattern. 
Run that back. Run that back, Turbo. She was dropping too much knowledge? Too much knowledge. A little bit more than that. All right, let me just run it back to the beginning. Oh, yeah, she's dropping so much. Get ready. Man, this is fire right here. Hey, get it's your pants and notebooks and get ready. Popcorn, get your popcorn, coffee, tea, all that. That's him. Some investors struggle to recognize price patterns like flags and triangles. And it can be even more difficult to understand when these patterns complete and how to project possible exit points or price targets based on them. In this video, we'll focus on the ascending triangle price pattern and teach you how to identify it and use it to help. You see that? Project a price target. Let's start by identifying the pattern. This is what an ascending triangle looks like. Notice how the stock price comes up and meets its resistance level and then bounces down to produce these lows. Each resistance level is at an equal height, but the lows are getting higher and higher. These higher lows suggest that momentum is building at higher levels, which may be enough to push price through resistance. The pattern is complete once it finally breaks resistance. Now that you know how an ascending triangle forms, let's discuss using this pattern to help determine a possible price target. To do this, first look at the size of the pattern. Measure the height of the triangle at its widest point and project the height in the future from its breakout point. Let's look at an example. Here's an ascending triangle hey, back. to form when the stock tried to break resistance. Back. The stock fell run back. It's an ascending triangle future size of the pattern. Right here. Ooh, ooh, before. You ready to get a screenshot? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's do it. To help determine a possible price target. To do this, first look at the size of the pattern. Measure the height of the triangle at its widest point and project the height in the future from its breakout point. Let's look at an example. Here's an ascending triangle pattern that starts to form when the stock tried to break resistance. But the stock fell back and started to make higher lows in an effort to break through resistance. Here, it finally broke through. The pattern is measured at $4. From here, you can project the pattern from the breakout area by adding an additional $4 to find a price target. Let's look at another ascending triangle example, this time using a real life example, Netflix. As you can see, there was an area of resistance around $250, and the stock tried to break this level several times. Each time it resisted breaking through $250, it produced higher lows. This type of movement suggests that momentum was building. Eventually, momentum pushed the stock through resistance. You can measure this triangle to be approximately $50. Adding $50 to the breakout gives a price target of $300. Once it broke through, Netflix came back and retested old resistance as new support. When support was found, the stock moved up to $300. This price may have been a place to take profits based on the price target. Ascending triangles are just one of several price patterns that you can use to help identify price targets. Though there's no guarantee that a stock will reach a price target, these targets can provide a useful reference when identifying exit points. Exit, exit, get off that stock. Gotta know when to get in, gotta know when to get out. You know what this one must 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 mean. What's your points looking like, man? What's your point system? What's your point system is? I see yours is looking nice, man. You got. I'm, I'm trying to give you. I'm trying to give you the torch. You know. And guess what? You you can walk with the torch for a little bit, but eventually you're gonna have to start running with it. Because it will eventually, not. Eventually, you're gonna have to pass it. That part. And that's when you got to refill it. You got to refill it. 
You know, the torch just don't run just off of air, baby. You got to put some gasoline in it. You got to torch it up. Put some of that propane, man. Hey, juice it up, man. Juices and berries. All this stuff. A symmetrical triangle is a price pattern that forms when support and resistance levels converge. This continuation pattern, or pattern that occurs mid-trend, is likely to continue following the trend after a breakout. In this video, we'll discuss how symmetrical triangles form, how to use them to identify potential buy and sell signals, and what actions you may consider if a breakout occurs. First, let's discuss why this pattern exists. Symmetrical triangles occur when a stock is consolidating or trending sideways. Consolidation is regarded as a period of investor indecision that ends when a trend stops moving sideways and either continues or reverses direction. Basically, consolidation occurs when buyers and sellers are equally unsure if a trend is going to continue. During this period of indecision, support and resistance levels inch toward each other. This creates a symmetrical triangle. Now that you understand how a symmetrical triangle forms, let's learn how to identify the pattern. First, the stock price needs to touch the rising support level at least twice and the diminishing resistance level at least twice as well. If this pattern continues, support and resistance levels will eventually cross. When they do, this cross point is called the apex. While stocks rarely reach the apex, it's an important element to consider when setting price targets, which we'll explain later. The next way to confirm a symmetrical triangle is by examining its time frame. Triangles usually take between three weeks and three months to form. If this pattern forms in less than three weeks, it's generally considered a pennant. Now that you know how to identify a symmetrical triangle, let's discuss how they can be used to identify potential buy and sell signals. While some traders are confident trading within support and resistance levels, other traders wait until a breakout is identified to buy the stock. One way to identify a breakout is volume. While the triangle is forming, volume will slowly diminish. Without increased volume, it could be a false breakout. However, in addition to volume changes, there are other ways to identify a breakout, such as waiting for a certain amount of time. If the stock has risen for three straight days after the breakout, this could be considered a confirmation. Now that you know potential basic buy signals and how to identify a breakout, let's discuss how to determine potential sell signals. It's important to set a price target for the stock. Traders may use two methods to estimate the minimum price projection or price target. The first method is to measure the height of the triangle's base and add it to the value at the triangle's apex. Second, use a parallel trend line to set the target. This is done by tracing a line parallel to the support level, starting at the first contact point of the triangle at resistance. This parallel line marks the potential price target. Keep in mind that in many cases, the breakout may continue in the same direction as the trend preceding the triangle. This means that a previously uptrending stock may continue moving upward and a downtrending stock may continue moving downward. Though this is a typical market reaction, it isn't a rule. That's why many traders think it's important to wait until the breakout is identified before making any investing decisions. When you set a price target, many traders use a stop loss to help protect against setbacks. Setting a stop loss can help reduce your losses if the stock breaks in an unexpected direction or if the breakout proves to be false. 
While there is no guarantee of success, being able to use price patterns to identify potential buy and sell signals can help improve your trading strategies. So a little bit of game here. So like another little, one of, one, of, one, of, one of the last couple of steps to make this strategy work, you know, because you just can't go off of one mechanism or one solution to, to make it what you think it's gonna go, you know. You gotta use multiple indicators. That's why they're all there for you to use them. You ready for this one, JB? Yes, sir. Let's okay. get in it. All right, all right. Yeah. A stock's price rarely moves in a linear path. Instead, it fluctuates up and down over time. However, when it repeatedly reaches a certain value, then reverses direction, it creates price levels called support and resistance. These levels are just one tool in technical analysis that you can use to become a more skilled trader. In this video, we'll discuss what support and resistance levels are, what causes these levels to occur, and how they can help identify buy and sell signals. Simply put, support and resistance are price levels that act as boundaries that a stock is bounced off more than once. Support is the level a stock tends to stay above. Think of it as the floor supporting the price. And resistance is the level a stock hits and comes back from. Resistance levels act as the ceiling for prices. Support and resistance levels are confirmed when a stock's price bounces off a certain value more than once. The more times this happens, the stronger the level is. You might wonder what causes support and resistance to occur. There are several reasons. When a stock price falls back to a previous low, investors might be more interested in buying. They're looking for a good price in hopes of buying low and selling high. Likewise, when a stock's price approaches a previous high, investors might be more interested in selling and taking their profits. Another reason support and resistance levels exist is that money managers often have common price targets. This means it's common for a lot of stocks to be bought at a certain price and sold at another predetermined price. Now that we know what causes support and resistance, let's learn how these levels can possibly help you make decisions when trading. When the price hits a support or resistance level and then reverses direction, it's called a bounce. Therefore, when technicians see the price of a stock nearing support levels, it might be time for them to buy. The more solid the support level is, the more confidence technicians might have it could bounce back up. On the other hand, if the price reaches resistance levels, some technicians may think it might be time to sell. However, support and resistance levels aren't hard stops for prices. When a stock moves beyond previous limits, it's called a breakout. If an upward trending stock breaks resistance, the old resistance level often becomes the new support level. After a breakout, technicians may see this as a good place to buy, believing the stock will rally and climb. Depending on investors and if they're bearish or bullish, support and resistance levels can be used in different ways. An investor looking to build a position might watch support levels for buy signals, hoping the stock will rally and break through resistance. An investor looking to close a position might watch resistance levels for sell signals, or in some cases, for an opportunity to buy a short position, hoping to profit from the stock's decline. 
How you use support and resistance levels as buy and sell signals depends on the type of investor you are. For example, very active investors, like swing traders, use these levels to buy and sell often, possibly even in the same day. Less active trend traders can simply use breakouts to confirm a trend's direction. Support and resistance are basic concepts of technical analysis. Some investors are comfortable making trading decisions using only support and resistance, while others prefer coupling it with other technical analysis tools and techniques. Understanding support and resistance makes you better equipped to make sense of the market, no matter which way it's trending. Yes, sir. Time to put the map in it. Got to put two plus two together. Fibonacci numbers are a sequence of numbers originally discovered by Indian mathematicians, but made famous by Italian mathematician Leonardo Fibonacci in the year 1202. There are several ways Fibonacci's findings can be applied to technical analysis. But in this video, we'll explore just one, Fibonacci retracements. To start, let's examine how Fibonacci numbers work. The Fibonacci sequence starts with zero and one. Each subsequent number is found by adding the two previous numbers. For example, zero plus one is one. One plus one is two. Two plus one is three. This pattern continues to repeat two plus three is five, three plus five is eight, and so on. The sequence creates a variety of ratios as well. One set of ratios can be calculated by taking one number in the sequence and dividing it into the next number. For example, when you divide 55 into 89, you get a ratio of 61.8%. To create another set of ratios, take that same starting number and divide it into the number that's two places after it. For instance, you could divide 55 into 144 and get another ratio of 38.2%. These ratios may seem arbitrary. However, to some investors, these figures can be used to identify frequent patterns of behavior in stock prices. When an uptrending stock pulls back from its higher high to create a higher low, it's called a retracement because the price is retracing previous price points. What these chart technicians found was that when a stock pulls back from a high or retraces, the price often pulls back to levels that correspond to the Fibonacci ratios. Therefore, Fibonacci ratios could be used to help identify future support and resistance. Likewise, when the price bounces off one of these ratios, it commonly means the longer-term trend will likely continue. These findings led to a charting tool called the Fibonacci retracement. This tool allows you to plot these ratios on a chart. Commonly, the Fibonacci retracement is overlaid on a chart between the high and low price points of a trend. Each horizontal line can be used to help determine future support or resistance. To show how this could identify potential entry points, let's apply this tool to a three-month chart. Let's begin by drawing the Fibonacci retracement from the previous low to the previous high. This tool draws lines to the 38.2% and 61.8% levels of the trend. It also adds another common retracement level at 50%. Each of these lines highlight a possible area of support. If the stock bounces off any of these levels, it could be an entry signal. 
The same principle applies to downtrending stocks. However, in these circumstances, each Fibonacci retracement level functions as resistance rather than support. Some traders even use Fibonacci retracements to predict new highs or lows. For example, suppose we have a different stock that is uptrending and making new highs. To predict where the rally might end, simply flip the direction of the Fibonacci retracement and apply it bottom to top instead of top to bottom. When the Fibonacci retracement is drawn upside down, new lines appear above the stock's mm. current price. These lines suggest possible resistance areas, which may be used as exit points. These Fibonacci ratios can be used to identify a variety of price levels. But keep in mind, like any technical analysis tool, Fibonacci retracements offer no guarantee of success. This is why many traders use other technical analysis tools and indicators along with Fibonacci retracements to confirm entry or exit signals. That's the TD game for the guy. That's the TD game for the day. And we're going to keep it lit for you guys. Like On that. torch. So, man, you got to keep it full. Got another, got another bears, too. Watch out for them bulls and bears. You got both ways, man. You got to know how to identify them. Got another right. difference. Uh, so, much, so much game today. How the market doing doing for you? Uh, right now, man, I'm just saying I'm in learning mode. So I've been I haven't been really looking at the market right now. I'm just trying to just trying to take in all this game. So when I return to the market, you know, I can see the bulls. I can see see the bears. I can react to the market. I can know what a you know stop limit is. I can you know react in a way where you know it's not just blind reaction. All right. You know, so that's the level I'm trying to get to right now, man. I don't know about you, but try to keep it lit on a learning on a learning tip. So I don't know about you, but I know about me, and that's the only way I know how to hack. Man, trust me, man. I'm looking at it, examining it, trying to get to it. But that's yeah. it for today. Yep. And that's it. Yeah.